Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com, or visit our Patreon page for over 30 more miscarriage stories, as well as exclusive content. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Thank you for tuning in. I have Layla joining me today, who just experienced her second miscarriage in a row after having two healthy kiddos who are currently five and seven years old. Layla, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you had two healthy pregnancies, right? Right. And then what? Tell us about this. So it's kind of a mystery to me because honestly for having two children I was pretty naive about how it all worked because it just worked <laughs> it just happened um I didn't feel like I had try very long for either of our children and there was little bumps along the pregnancy but for the most part it was pretty textbook so we had been trying about a year to get pregnant with a third. And I think that was about six weeks along when I found out that I was pregnant. And then I'd only known for about a week when I miscarried, but it felt like forever. Oh, yeah. The first time. (laughs) And um, it was so early that if I hadn't had been tracking and took an early test, I might have mistaken it for an extremely heavy period because I have those almost every month. Um, But it was definitely not, it was a loss. So, and we um, dealt with it the way we knew how. And then, I mean, it took almost another entire year to get pregnant again. And oh, wow. That one. Yeah. And that one was very anxiety filled. <laughs> um, but I had just, I mean, it was almost to 12 weeks or so I thought, and then I miscarried again. Oh, okay. So that was extra difficult. <laughs> okay. So the first one you passed naturally because it was like a period. Yeah. Um, heavy period took another Mm -hmm. year, then this happened. So did you have, what symptoms were you experiencing during those 12 weeks? Well, I mean, I thought they were all pretty typical. I have not experienced a lot of morning sickness with my other two pregnancies, but this one I definitely did. Um, Oh, interesting. I was extremely tired, (laughs) but I also have two other kids, you know, so, um, that adds to it. Um, but I mean, I felt like I started showing pretty early because I mean, technically it was my fourth pregnancy. Right. 
and it seemed like everything was going fine. I had switched over to a midwife and since it was my third pregnancy, they really didn't even want to see me till almost 11 weeks or 12 weeks even because I kind of knew the drill. I wasn't considered high risk. So uh, when I started spotting, I, I wasn't too worried at first because I spot during my pregnancies. So that's typical for me. Okay. But then I, it was kind of, the crazy part was it was almost exactly one year after my first one, almost to the date. Oh, that's trippy. So that was, yes. And we had just finished our school year. Everything was almost the same. My girlfriends and I take the kids to pick strawberries every summer. It's like our kickoff to summer. We were doing that that morning. It was just kind of eerie how alike everything was that day. And I was sitting on the couch and I just felt a huge gush. And I was trying to be optimistic, but I already knew. And then it just never stopped all day. <laughs> and this was at 12 weeks, right around 12 weeks. Yes, almost just before 12 weeks. I think that um, I did have an ultrasound that day. They got me in and they estimated I was, I probably only made it to nine weeks. So missed miscarriage. Yes. Okay. So basically and- it was just hanging out in there. <laughs> oh, I know. That's how yeah. mine were. And it just is so, it's such a mind fuck. <laughs> like, oh, great. Yes. Like, I've been a walking cool, thing and I didn't know. <laughs> thanks, body. Right. Right. So, oh, so you were bleeding already. Hard. Yeah. Oh, that mm-hmm. sucks. Oh, okay. So you started bleeding and then. Mm-hmm. You went in, you had the ultrasound. Did they say, hey, you should manage it this way or what do you want to do? How did how did well, the process go? What happened was we left the strawberry place and my two of my best girlfriends are with me and they were like, well, just come over. You can leave the kids here and go in. And I was kind of just like in shock. <laughs> and sorry. No, it's awful. It's emotional. I didn't want to go in because I didn't want to know. Right. So, but my girlfriend called my midwife for me. Okay. And then that's when they set up the ultrasound. Okay. And did you go by yourself? No, my husband met me. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, but we had taken, so by that time, my ultrasound wasn't until like three in the afternoon. So, I took the kids and went to my mother-in-law's house because they were going to stay over there. And my husband met me there. But when I got there, I was getting out to take the kids in and like something passed and I couldn't like uncross my legs or I could just feel it. It was like a mass that came out. Yeah. And so I kind of just made my way to the bathroom and that was that like I already knew. And so I changed and flushed, which I regretted later, but I just didn't know what to do. So was it, it would have been clots if they could still see the gestational age on the ultrasound? Right. Okay. Well, by the time I, I don't, they, I don't know how they were guessing. He just said that everything was gone. Like everything was out. So nothing oh, it was, was left. out. Oh. Yeah, so it 
I don't know if it, but there's nothing left. Like he, they did the internal and external and not like nothing was there Everything anymore. Passed. Yeah. Yeah. So I just assumed that, I mean, I had clots all day, but that was by far the largest. It was different. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one, the first one, we didn't have an ultrasound or anything because it was pretty clear what was going on. Okay. Um, but this one, when I, since I thought it was further, um, cause my midwife, like we hadn't even done any beginning blood work to compare yet. So we, the blood work wouldn't have helped us. So she wanted an ultrasound. Um, and yeah, he was just, the radiologist said, there's just nothing left anymore. So, I mean, it was kind of a, felt a little bit more like closure than the first one, but also not easy. <laughs> no, especially when you're, you know, mentally you're thinking you're about to cross that threshold that we hold right. in such a high regard. So were you having right. cramping during this whole time? I did not cramp during either one. That was what I kept going back to. I don't oh. have cramps. I'm not in pain. I mean, after I remember telling my friends after the second one, like a week later, I had a day of like really painful cramps, which was interesting since I was still bleeding, but most of the stuff had passed. Um, but yeah, that was always what I went back to is I don't have bad cramps. So I kind of like used that as an indicator, but clearly that wasn't true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because everything could be normal or not normal. Right. And okay. when I first talked to the midwife, she was really great. And she was like, it's not, it's not a for sure indicator, but we do want to check. But I already like deep down, I already knew just because, but it was a really hard day. Like, and like parenting my kids <laughs> Can you while it was happening. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Cause I've actually gotten some emails directly from women who said do you have, you know, have you interviewed anyone who had older kids? I don't know what to do. So, yeah. Can you talk, can um, you talk about that? Sure. Well, the first one, we were so excited. And my daughter, um, she loves babies. She just kind of got away with babies and animals. Um, we were really excited. We told them, and we probably told them at like seven weeks with the first pregnancy and that was the worst having to take it back. Um, so this time we hadn't told them and I was really grateful, but the first time my husband kind of took over the task because we were like waiting to tell them, but my daughter would always bring it up and she would be like this name and that name and Oh, your belly's growing. And I just couldn't do it anymore. Aww. So we kind of just told them, I mean, they're five and seven. They don't really know the physics of how it all works. Um, we just told them we thought there was a baby and we were wrong. So I don't know. We just kind of left it at that. It would still come up like my daughter. I don't know where she got this idea, but she thinks I swallow a seed and then a baby grows. So, I mean, at that age, I have a, a good friend who's also a parenting coach and counselor and I talked with her about it and I I was more upset about their reaction than at their age they know how to feel I guess like they were upset when we told them but they're not advanced enough 
to hold it with them. And I mean, I just moved past it. So they're not going back and being sad about it and returning to the fact that there was a baby and now there's not, but they, they bounced back pretty well from the first one, but I almost told them so many times the second time my husband was like, I just really think that we should wait. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But it's difficult. And I guess depending on their ages and what all they know about how it works. I mean, we've had some loss in our family. We've had a friend whose baby had a heart condition and, you know, went to heaven. So we discuss it a lot. We discuss um, that type of thing, but we haven't, like, we didn't name these babies or anything, which I actually wanted to for the second one, but we haven't revisited that just because it's difficult to talk about and brings it all back up, I guess. And the kiddos still don't know about the second one. We just haven't told them. Okay. So then you're going through this crazy emotional day, passing all of this blood and tissue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you kind of started to mention even parenting them that day and the day after. Yeah. My girlfriend um, told me I went to see her the next week and it kind of made me feel strong, but also sad. But she was saying that she's never seen anybody be that strong. Like, like passing. Sorry. Like going back every 20 minutes and then coming out and feeding my kids lunch and then going to the bathroom and coming out and putting sunscreen on them. And just like she said, watching that was like nothing she'd ever seen. So, I mean, as sad as it was to hear, it was also empowering a little bit. Being there, I guess, being together with them and. I mean, I told my older son, he's very, um, he's such a sweetheart. He's very, like, uh, aware and emotional. And they stayed the night at my mother-in-law's that night. And the next day, the first thing he asked me was, how's your tummy? Does it feel better? Because I just told him I had a really bad tummy ache and I had to go to the doctor. It's just so sweet that that was the first thing that came out of his mouth when he got home. Oh, what a love. Uh, Yeah. But, I mean... It's really, it's just, and it comes and goes, like, it's never done. Like, it's always here. I mean, it's been since June 18, but it can feel like it was yesterday, you know, depending on the situation. And So, it's a difficult place. <laughs> and it often lasts longer than we wanted to <laughs> yes definitely it did it was like done. <laughs> exactly like and it's not something that I mean it would be nice to close the book on it and be able to move on but it's never done it's never gone it's still always part of you so right and the weirdest things can trigger it too I mean I just saw a mom when school started that I forgot I told and I had to tell her 
that I'm not anymore. And (laughs) that was fun for both of us, you know. But so, but yes, with both of those, it was um, just naturally passing. I didn't have a DNC or take medication or anything. So that, that was a blessing, especially in listening to the other podcasts. I mean, some people had to take an ambulance and I mean, it could escalate to much bigger things. It can. What has helped you the most in this time since June? Um, your podcast. (laughs) And, um, I mean, I, I listened, I binge listened to them for like the first week, probably until I was caught up. And then I actually started, I'm not a runner by trade. I actually have always hated running, (laughs) but I just decided to do the couch to 5k and I probably wasn't even physically ready to, but I did I think it was like four days after because I just had to do something and I would just run and cry and it was like raining and it was pretty therapeutic because I felt like I was getting it out, but also I was getting stronger in the process. Yes. Um, I mean, and now I'm, I'm still running and it's helped a lot. (sighs) I feel like um, I still wanted to, I tried journaling, but I'm just, I don't know what to write. And then I just get sad. So, (laughs) but I, I do yoga often and just trying, I try to look for small signs that things are going to be okay. Like, uh, just like rainbows or I don't know, but there are really hard days. There still are in there's babies everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. 100%. Pregnant women and babies. It's like they're all around you all the time after you miscarry. They're there before too, but it's like. Oh, but it seems like exponentially more. more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Seems like they're descending upon you. Yeah. And I struggle with like my daughter and son are obviously close in age and now it's already she's five almost six in December and I struggle with the spacing out of them um, or if I'm gonna have another chance I mean I'm not the only thing different is I'm older now than I was obviously when I got pregnant with them but I struggle with the spacing and if they're gonna be friends or if they're gonna be too far apart if we even get another chance it's a lot of unknown And my daughter started kindergarten last week, and that was really hard. (laughs) Oh, that's just such a big transition alone. Yes. Oh. So I work. I work part time. I just started working part time at the preschool that my kids used to go to. So luckily, I had to go to work that day. So (laughs) that was good to distract me and hang out with three and four year olds. (laughs) Aw. But. What else? Definitely. Um, what else? I'm reading over these questions. I feel like, um, like I've been, I feel like I've talked about it, but a lot of people do not talk about it. And it makes me sad that people suffer by themselves because 
there's so much support out there that it's unfortunate that they don't realize or seek it out. Um, but the first one, I hadn't told very many people at all, but I still had my close circle of friends. And even though like I had so many people around me, it nothing helps. Had any of and them experienced a miscarriage? Some, my closest friends, um, not, not that I know of actually, like I have some like acquaintances, I would say like through sports and family friends and stuff that had, have come out and said that they have, but nobody that I'm really close with. No. Cause that seems to make a difference. It does. Yeah. And I have a couple of close friends that have struggled with infertility and they they knew um, somewhat what this feeling was like. And they were very um, sympathetic to, of course, to the situation. Um, and it was interesting. After the first one, I was like, okay, well, one in four, even though that stat is not accurate, I'm sure, because <laughs> no. there's a lot of missed ones and people <laughs> don't tell anybody. And But... Um, after that one, you know, after I had, like moved on a little bit and felt better, I was actually grateful for the experience because before I, as much as I wanted to be there for my friends suffering with infertility, I had no idea what it felt like and how lonely it is. And I was grateful for the experience of that it took a while to get pregnant I don't want to say I was grateful for the loss because I'm not grateful for that. But the experience after that first one that I had gained as far as being a, a friend to others that experienced it, I guess that I was grateful for that aspect. But after this second one, I was just angry, like yeah, mad. Like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> like, this is, it took me a long time to get here again. And it's been almost exactly a year. Are you kidding me? Like, what the hell, universe? This is shitty. Totally. So dumb. So, what the yeah, heck? like mad. Like, and that's another thing I think that running helped me with. Because I was just like, oh, had to yeah. hit the pavement. Like, you had to move. Do something. Yeah. yeah. Just, so, I don't know. And I had... Uh, people ask me like what do you need honestly nothing helps except I want the baby back yeah the one thing that you want is the one thing that can't happen at that moment there's a lot of um A lot of feeling really alone. Like, you could be surrounded by friends and family, but they don't know what it feels like. And even my husband is very supportive, but it's different for them. Like, it's not a piece of you that was there. 
and now it's gone. Right. Exactly. It's just really isolating. It's really, really isolating. And that's when, like, the podcast came in. It was so, it was so helpful. I mean, I referred, I've referred this to a bunch of other people. Um, because it's just, it's the only thing. Like, there's books to read. Like, a, one of my wonderful friends um, got me, I can't remember, the book, I don't have it right now, but Grieving the Child You Never Had, I think it's called. And it has a lot of good stuff to say, but if I sit down and read that, I'm just crying the whole time. So I don't feel like I'm retaining anything. I'm just sad. <laughs> and there's not as much connection. Right. Definitely. So it's just unfortunate. And also, I like nobody, the other part that's really hard for me is there's no reason. They cannot give me a reason. Like it's a giant mystery because I mean, everything was passed. They couldn't test anything. I mean, I like when I was getting the ultrasound, I was laying there like convincing myself I had cancer or something that they were going to find in there, you know, and no, nope, it looks great in there, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's really difficult. Like we live in a society where there's like a cause and effect and to not know anything and you can't fix anything because you don't know <laughs> what the cause was is difficult. And then you play the blame game. I mean, I ran a 5k when I was nine weeks pregnant. I mean, I didn't, you know, go as fast as I could or <laughs> push myself too far, but it doesn't really matter because it's still one of the things that you question. Even though Did hundreds that... of women do it. Oh, I know. That <laughs> I've been marathons. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you're like, but maybe I know the, but maybe's are just, yeah. Oh yeah. It's really hard. And like, I have, a bunch of like pictures on my phone still that I don't want to get rid of. Just well, you don't have to. Yeah, but I don't want to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you might. <laughs> I need to move. Them. Yeah, move them somewhere else. That's a good idea for now. Yeah, but it's. It is what it is, and it's a load of crap, basically. <laughs> yes, it is. I think everyone listening can agree on that. It's a load <laughs> yeah. of crap. Yeah. So, but just, I think that talking about it and, you know, not suffering in silence and seeking out resources has been the most helpful for me. Good. And sometimes I feel like a broken record. I have my certain friends that I know I can talk to about any time. And they're always there to listen. And I'm sure I've said the same thing over, you know, 20 times. But when it comes up, it just hits you. It does. But it's so much better when you get it out. Yes, it is. That was one of the, I'm not, I don't remember which one it was. But I remember one of the gals saying it's about being able to tell her story from beginning to end. 
instead of just like little parts to random people. And so I've done that since and it I actually wrote it down, but it seems to be helpful because there's a beginning and then the end and then not broken up all over the place. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining thank me. Thank you very much. I know it was not easy, but I really yes. appreciate it. And everyone listening really appreciates it also. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for this wonderful service you offer. You're welcome. Interested in hearing more miscarriage stories? We have over 30 more episodes on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Stay connected. Find us on Instagram at managing.miscarriage. On Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit. And don't forget to download our free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating so more women can find us. Also, listen to exclusive episodes directly on the Patreon app.